just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Justin here with Mills. What a crazy, crazy week in pro wrestling. Crazy 24 hours in pro wrestling. Uh, I, I don't even think we need to, to skip, you know, or even go over the pleasantries that we do usually every week. We just kind of get right into it. Uh, how do we even frame the news this week because i mean it's so connected to the the pay-per-view on sunday uh, or from this past sunday and, and everything leading up to it do we just go with it and then go and then work backwards from that mills do you think um let's see uh the money in the, the women's money in the bank obviously goes into the the no i think i think about becky listen let's uh let's not even um i don't think we should I think the women's money in the bank, we can kind of determine because I do think while one bleeds into the other, they're completely independent of each other, right? Because one is a major news company-wise, something that is just rattling, pretty much shaking WWE by its own foundation. And then the women's title scene is the women's title scene, completely different. And like what we do with that. So I think we shouldn't even, uh, we shouldn't even go on much longer but to talk about the news i think we'll go long form on this i mean there's several topics we can go long form on this episode of the a show with and thank you guys for tuning in once again um but yeah it's a this is insane like legitimately insane unheard Um, of uh not not exactly the first time this has happened but all in all on this level the first time this happened it, it is historic um becky lynch uh announced on Monday uh that she is in fact pregnant uh with her first child. Uh Seth Rollins also first child. Of course he's the daddy that is her fiance. Um you know there was a lot of speculation on Monday. There was a there was a, a huge announcement coming from Becky. Ryan Satin first reported it. WWE uh you know they they confirmed it. Uh but we at first we we kind of got the announcement on Friday I believe on SmackDown that Becky would be coming to raw to address the money in the bank winner and then that was kind of gone it changed into a, a huge announcement uh she came out at the at the top of raw on monday in such a great graceful really heartfelt sincere more than anything and i think that's what you kind of you 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 kind of attribute that to her character right she's really sincere and and she really does care and that she really is the person she portrays herself to be uh, as the character as well and announced that she couldn't fight anymore. Uh, she relinquished the title over to the Money in the Bank winner, Asuka, who won it on Sunday in a, in a really hilarious match, and announced that while Asuka would be going on to be a warrior, 
that she was going home to be a mother and uh, the tears started flowing. Uh, what did you feel looking at this or, or experiencing this segment, Mills? So I think just in general, I mean, once the news kind of broke that there was going to be a major, it shifted from Becky Lynch's addressing the Money in the Bank winner, um, which in terms of the tone of it, sounds more storyline driven. And then it kind of shifted the whole narrative to like, okay, now she has a major announcement, which in the history of Monday Night Raw and or Friday Night SmackDown, the major announcement announcement has never been good. In terms yeah. of like when the in terms of and I don't mean like good like it's not a thing, but it's like good as in the superstar is sticking around. It's never that. Yeah. It's usually never that. From Batista, Shawn Michaels losing his smile, um, Edge, Paige, Daniel Bryan. It's been all these tragedies for the last like maybe like twenty years or so. So you're kind of conditioned to believe that like listen, this is going to be some sort of shake shaking news um but nonetheless i mean when it came to the actual news itself i couldn't help but just kind of like smile i actually wanted them to like go in it for like 40 minutes <laughs> like i wanted a post yeah. <laughs> i wanted a post segment interview as opposed to that little thing that they did when they're hugging everybody but i kind of wanted that because to me everything not everything else i think for probably like next 20 25 minutes after that everything felt inconsequential and that's a you know i'm to Bobby and Umberto who had to have a match out there, like everything kind of felt inconsequential because it's you're processing the fact that WWE's biggest star is now just kind of is it is this a situation where it's permanently? Is this a situation mm-hmm. where it's temporary? But nonetheless, they're losing their biggest star at the moment where they probably need it the most. Um, but you know, shout out to, shout out to Becky. Congratulations to Becky and Seth, because this is a momentous occasion. This is nothing that we've ever really seen on this kind of magnitude before. I mean, mm-hmm. we had women leave for pregnancy before. We all remember the, the karma promo, um, even though she never came back. I mean, she's wrestling now, but she really never came back to the WWE after that. Um, and so many different other things, but we, we've seen women leave to be like, I want to go be a mother because this business is kind of a business that consumes and you're running so hard. And Becky even said it in people's magazine. She knew she wanted to have a kid at some point, but when you're running so hard and you're so dedicated to your actual career, it's like, when do you have the time? Well, the yeah. time snuck up on them and, <laughs> or maybe it didn't, who knows? Um, but the time snuck up on them and, you know, she just had to make a decision what's best for her life. And albeit selfishly, I'm like, damn, we're really missing out on Becky Lynch. Like, this is yeah. this is crazy. Like, you when you when you're processing it, when you're sitting down, and I think we can move to this kind of conversation. When you're sitting down, and kind of processing it, Becky Lynch was the biggest star in the company. And now, yeah, uh, we've we have never ever okay. We had Austin, but we lost him to different circumstances. Yeah, and these circumstances were were and you know obviously a neck injury with you know pregnancy and and having a child this is uncharted waters for uh a top female star but it's something that we didn't really think about and let's just be clear here you we should be we should always you know never forget and never put it out of our mind that looking at these people that work so hard for us every single week even through this pandemic we gotta give some of these people their flowers before they're gone you know because this type of stuff, this is life. You know what I mean? And I'm not just talking about death and, and, and things like that. I'm talking about retirement, injuries, you know, things like this that, that, that you know, are, are sometimes out of their control. 
You got to right. give them their I mean, flowers. We've also experienced death on Monday Night Raw. It's like when you yeah. go through the gamut of the entire month, this is a completely new feeling because it's kind of like, all right, you're, you're watching a wrestler kind of step out of their wrestler mode. And even this isn't something where, I mean, we're going to remember, we're, I mean, Becky's not dead, so it is, yeah. it is. But you kind of, once again, you're used to these kind of tragic announcements. And now here, it's kind of like a feeling of like you're happy, but your selfishness is gone, but eventually you're happy. And you kind of take yourself out of the realm of like, okay, this sucks to like, I'm happy for them. And, you know, it's a completely different feeling for, w- for WWE fans or wrestling fans in general. It's a, it's, it's a crazy situation. It's a crazy situation that this is happening at this exact time, at this exact point in history. Um, but, you know, the human, I mean, Becky, Rebecca, however you want to, the human herself, she has to make a decision. And she ultimately has to make a decision that's best for her and not best. She could have, I mean, she could have made the decision that was best for Becky Lynch. Um, which is like a morbid take on this entire thing, but like she could have made the decision. It was like, listen, I'm on top right now. Can't deal with this right now. Can't even yeah. handle this right now. But she chose to choose herself, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, just kind of looking at it and looking at it from a life perspective. It's a, it's something. You know, choice is very important, and that's like another. We're going, you know, so far, far, far from the thing, but. You know the ability to have at least that choice. You know it's it's a beautiful thing. I'm happy for and, I'm happy I'm happy for Seth and the fact that they chose this run. And the fact that she goes out on top, um, Royal Rumble winner, uh, Raw Women's Champion, SmackDown Women's Champion, longest reigning Raw Women's Champion of all time, undefeated for two years, two years, uh, nearly two years. I'm sorry, nearly two years. Yeah. So I think I think her last loss was what Charlotte a long time ago? Yeah, she lost to Charlotte at last year's Money in the Bank. Yeah, like near yeah, just about a year. Um you know, just an insane run. You you can love her or hate her. I know that we have had our fair share of criticism towards Becky in the latter part of her reign, but one thing that's always been there is that she's always shown up. She's always carried herself as a star. Um, and that's one thing I can never take away from her is that she's always been there and she's always at least given her all to program like the Oscar matches, the Charlotte matches. Um, I know we, we felt the way about the Lacey Evans match, but then they had that Extreme Rules match where she took that end of days and it was like, holy, holy shit. I can't believe yeah, she, she took that. that. She yeah, like I, I, she always showed up and, you know, like it, it's very... You know, just just sitting down and thinking about it and really just thinking about the four horsewomen in general, if you want to go outside of that, we're witnessing a shift because Becky's scenario could be Sasha's scenario next week or a month from now or Charlotte's next week or a month from now. Mm-hmm. This could be how these women, you know, the, the way that, that, you know, again, we have to appreciate these four now before yeah. They are all because they don't have to be, you know what I'm saying? They, they can go and, and, and do these things. Like, I know we talked about Becky. I'm gonna be real, I don't see her coming back for at least two to three years. I, I, I can't, it's, it's tough, you know, it's tough. And I think this, uh, the conversation around this would probably benefit more from a women's perspective because this is something I've actually talked about. That I mean, I think the last person I kind of talked about this with 
on a level was I when I when I talked to I had an interview on Two Belt. We did this one on one series. I had an interview with Steve Sue Young just a couple of while ago, and it actually talked about like pregnancies and, and women and wrestling and stuff like that. And it's it's able to be done. I mean, it's a it's a schedule that you kind of have to balance. And we see these mothers now. You talk about Tamina. You talk about Mickey James as a more recent as well. Um, a lot more people are kind of going out there, and it's like I can't have a career and I can't have a mother. I mean, I can be a mother as well. So I don't think it's necessarily in the realm of like, yo, we're writing her off for very, very long. It's kind of really up to her whether she wants to do it. And I think eventually, I think eventually she'll get the itch. I think it's a it's a situation where you know, you have you're, you're hoping you're to have at least some sort of stable thing back home that you're able to depend on. Um mm with its grandparents, with its friend, with its nanny, with its something, where you're able to go have your life and your career, and then you're able to come back. And you kind of understand, I think Vince McMahon at this point kind of understands like, yo, if you, if this is how we're going to do this, Becky is too hot of a commodity and too strong of a personality and too defining of a character to WWE's kind of DNA to just let her go without letting her like, all right, this is your schedule. Like you show up every other so much, you realize you want to be a mother and stuff like that. You know, just show up whenever you, we can work out sort of. Oh, she, she's part, she's part-time for sure. Cause I think that it, within that two to three years, I think she'll do more acting. I think she'll do more hosting. I think she'll do more things outside of, of combat sports and sports entertainment and stuff like that. Like there are so many avenues open to her based off the fucking work she put in for the past two years. And that's a beautiful thing to see mm-hmm. because, and we talked about this about a month ago, we, we compared, or actually no, not even a month ago, like two or three weeks ago, right? When we were talking about Roman in regards to Becky, Becky's like the one person that they pushed the way that they would, we thought they were going to push Roman in a scene type of way. Well, and hmm. I think that like, her career is definitely something where it's like, yo, she put in all of this work. The company was completely behind her. You just don't see that. Even on the men's side, you don't see that very often. It's like right. last time we saw that type of, of, of uh, that type of confidence was really Kofi. And then when that was over, you saw what happened with that. So it's like for her to put that much work in for the past two years, the sky is the limit for her. And I, I don't think she would just limit it to just pro wrestling. I think she's going to be global to like a Ronda Rousey level when she decides to, to come back uh, after she gives birth. You know, I think in terms of just kind of talking about how she managed to get to the spot that she is, um, we can kind of segue also to like, where does we go from here with also my explanation for this? Because in terms of just the star, I think, I, I don't think Becky is a one of I mean, she is kind of a one-on-one because she's honestly the, I'm saying this now and kind of looking at it, she's the biggest female superstar that WWE has ever had at any point mm-hmm. yeah. in, in, in the history, just period. Um, there were moments and flashes of other things, but I don't think there's been a sustained relevance and also sustained just impact that, you know, someone has had. She's kind of laid the blueprint for like, okay, here is what the top woman is. And it's not, and it's beyond, and people and kind of got WWE to understand. It's like, yo, 
it doesn't have to be a man all the time. You know that, right? Like you can mm-hmm. still get this thing across through a woman. You can still present those feelings and present those attitudes of where people want to be them despite them being a man or a woman. You can still present that. And I think this is a kind of situation because her entire, there's so many factors that involved that were, that had to align for Becky to get to the point that she's at. And I don't know if it's easy to replicate as much as, I think WWE will probably try to anyway. Um, there's but, so but don't forget they don't forget they made a lot of those things. I think the only thing they didn't make a line two years ago was that concussion. No, but here's the thing though. Here's the thing. It 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 came from first of all the the relationship with the fans and Becky. It's a different relationship than it is with mo- most women. To be honest with you, Becky doesn't have a lot of haters. I mean, I'm sure she has a lot of haters now but didn't have a lot of haters before. Actually, a lot of people felt before this whole thing happened that she was severely underrated and severely underutilized. And she made sure that was known and she made sure everything was going forward and all this other stuff like that. Then you have a situation like you did at SummerSlam 2018 where you put her in a situation and they're trying to kind of dictate what she should be. And the fans revolt against that because they have so much, that relationship between Becky and, and the fans is that they didn't necessarily want to, the fans herself, I'm talking about us, I'm talking us, didn't want, we didn't want that for Becky. This was something that you were trying to provide because you were trying to like kind of put her in this kind of character box as a foil for Charlotte. But at the same time, we never cheered for Charlotte. We've never felt that Charlotte was the underdog. We've never Mm. felt, you know, that we've related to Charlotte. We've never had anything like that. So when it came to that time, the fans completely rejected it. And I think that's because of the years and years of confidence from NXT to the main roster becoming the women's champion to her losing the women's championship very, very quickly to kind of a year of like kind of toiling and really kind of doing nothing until that moment. So when the moment eventually came, I think everyone else jumped on it. And then you have that Survivor Series moment where Nia Jax um, punches her in the face and you kind of feel like it's all taking out from you again, but then the story keeps building and keeps going on. And I think that eventually from there, once they kind of saw how everything was going on leading to the Royal Rumble, they finally got a like a, a you know a steering point on it. And you know, they could have said Charlotte wins at WrestleMania or Ronda wins at WrestleMania, but they chose to go all in. And I think they ultimately made the right decision in going all in from that point. Well they, so many- they had a lot of they had a lot of moments where WWE course corrected and I'm glad that they did. And I can remember that point in 2018 where me and you every single week had a segment literally on how they were preparing Becky. I think the biggest fumble that they ever did with her was uh, that SmackDown after SummerSlam having her cut a heel promo with the whole arena cheering her name. Yeah. And we were like, this is, this is not, they need to stop. And, and I think like for a company that we give them shit all the time for this, we already know people on the internet give them a lot of shit for this. They do not pick up on things. They picked up on this immediately. They course corrected and they did the right thing. And they did the right thing by her from that moment on in terms of just putting her in that position. I can't think of a more iconic shot than her fully concussed, nose bleeding at the top of the of, of the the uh the rafters with her arms outstretched there is no great moment than to me i'll always remember the moment just complete fucking epic shit um but you're completely right mills like they they went all in 
Yeah, where where do you go from here, right? Like, you're not only yeah. losing the biggest the centerpiece of the Raw division. I mean, Charlotte's always there, but Charlotte isn't, to be honest with you. I mean, Charlotte and Becky, they're 1A, 1B, but they're completely different in terms of how the people well, connect to them. And I think Charlotte well, is more of a conventional wrestler type of deal, and Becky is a lot more a larger-than-life personality type of deal, which connects a lot more with the fans. So I'm kind of wondering from here, like, where do you go from here, but not only you've lost the big, kind of the biggest woman in the company, but also your biggest star? Well, shit, I mean, they had to get Charlotte the NXT title because there wasn't no way she could stand next to Becky no more. <laughs> like, it's just, you just can't have them on the same show anymore. Mm-hmm. I think where they go from here, listen, I, I don't, and I told I told somebody this, uh, yesterday, I was like, I, I don't want to say that Raw doesn't still that Raw doesn't still have stars. I think Oscar absolutely is a star. Shayna absolutely is becoming a star and is going to be to be a star. You still have the Nia Jaxes. They're, they're working on Liv Morgan. You have a lot of women on that side that could be stars. And Bianca Belair, I'm sorry. I, th- I think, honestly, I, you probably agree with me. You start putting your money in. You, you start putting your money behind Bianca, right? Right. But, you know, there's so many factors. I equate Becky's success to event, like a full, a fully, a fully believed version of Daniel Bryan's success, like a fully believed one, one where I mean, the injuries don't happen when they happen. And they also don't believe that a 5'9", five, 5'10 five, guy won't be able to hold down the company. Like it's a fully formed belief that but there's so many steps in place that even had that to happen. That, that was two years in the making. So yeah. you kind of and, and none of it was actually planned. So I don't know if they can. I don't think the next star. I, I don't think any star. I don't think any major star besides probably Hulk Hogan or John Cena. And even we looked at the ruthless aggression document. John Cena even was having his own problems at the beginning. I don't think you can create one in this era. You kind of let the people dictate it for you. And yeah. I, I see. I think most of the people are behind Oscar. I don't know if Oscar will connect in that sort of level that Becky did because you know she does not speak English natively, so it's kind of hard to connect to your major American audience that way. But she still manages to connect. Don't get me wrong; people love Oscar. The wrestling fans love Oscar. Um, yeah, it's kind of now you're kind of determining like, okay, how do we go from here and making the biggest star possible again? Or how do we replicate the success with a woman again? It's going to take, it's not going to happen anytime soon. It might not even, shit, Becky might be back by the time they decide who could potentially be in the next, you know, end of viewpoint of like, this could be happening, you know? I, so, I mean, I, at this point, I look at Becky as like the rock of this division of the women and that's who they aspire to be. I know people look like Sasha Bailey, all of them. Like, I think when it, when it really comes down to it, like, and we never thought it was possible. We never thought it was going to happen, but Becky is that one to me. Mm-hmm. And I think this just to, to her legacy to her, for her to go out on top like this, that, that's, yeah. that's legendary shit. Yeah, like she, 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 she did everything and said, I'm not, we're not even going to beat you. You're just going to give it up to, to the next person in line. And I'm glad. And listen, fuck them Oscar accounts because of all of them women on that show meals, every woman on that show, who, who got the, who got the title? Well, yes, it was Oscar, but it finally made sense. Huh? First of all, relax. Hold on. Let's it hold on finally made sense. Huh? Hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. Because 
this is pending circumstances. It's not like they were saying like, oh, you know, we're going to finally give it to Asuka and make her the moment. This happened because of certain circumstances. Um, You're not so happy? Yes. Well, no, I'm 100% happy. But I believe that your, uh, your assumption that this is like, now you guys can like, you know, be quiet about this because they did the thing that they were supposed to do. Well, yeah, obviously, because they had no... But we weren't thinking about that. We weren't thinking about that Sunday. We weren't thinking about that Sunday. No, we definitely weren't thinking about that Sunday at all. We weren't thinking about that Sunday. I was was just happy that Asuka won, (laughs) to be honest with you. She won twice. Well, yeah, I mean, yes. But I was just happy she won. You know what I'm saying? I was just happy that, okay, maybe they're starting to believe that, like, she is worth the amount of gold that she, you know, actually is. Like, that's what I was kind of happy for. But, this, you know, this whole Becky Lynch thing, we're, you, you said it to me. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. It's kind of like this whole four horsewomen era kind of thing in the women's division. And that's yeah. kind of what I would say it has been for the last number of years because they've been the corners. It's revolved around them no matter what. Mm-hmm. All four of them at some point without stop, without everything. You look at every WrestleMania for the last number of years, there's been one of them featured in a main event position, period. Um, this is kind of like, oh, wow. Huh. It's over. It's, a, it's certainly, it's um, it certainly takes a blow. I mean, you don't have four of them anymore, so it's kind of like, what do you do from there? But It's over. It, That's why I'm glad they didn't, I'm glad they didn't do that four horsewoman thing. I'm glad that circumstances made it, like whether it be Jessamine. I think it'll be done eventually. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if all of them stay, if uh, I'm glad it, I'm glad it wasn't done now. I'm glad it wasn't done during Becky's run. She needed the run now. And I think you want, you needed to let them stand on their own first before you did that. But, um, before we, we get off this subject, we went almost 30 minutes on it. What is your favorite Becky match or uh, favorite Becky moment of the past uh, two and a half years? Shit, man. Um, my favorite, gosh. I mean, besides, obviously, the punch and the moment, because that's chills and goosebumps. Um, I would say the match is, you know, I think, once again, Evolution versus Charlotte. Yeah. It, it kind of just established this toughness that both of them had. And you kind of saw a lot of more passion from both of them. And sure, Becky, in that point, Becky's still kind of playing the heel, right? Like she's not necessarily the anti-hero yet because the punch hasn't happened yet. Um, but she's playing the heel because at this point, she's supposed to be playing the heel because Charlotte, she's, Becky's supposed to face Ronda and Becky's supposed to be the heel in that match. And then Charlotte is supposed to face Ronda at Mania and they're supposed to have that moment and blah, blah, blah. Ah. Um, so she's still kind of playing the heel, but the passion you saw kind of in between them and creating that moment and creating that match, it's a five-star match in my opinion, because it's just so many feelings and emotions and the moment and everything kind of intertwined in it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I have a, a, a moment that kind of sticks in my head. I mean, she's been part of so many amazing promos. I just think that her mic work is out of this world. Yeah. I think compared yeah. to, I think even, I mean, there's a lot of them, a lot of women now who can, you know, speak, but I think she's probably one of the best talkers that WWE has ever had. And from a woman's perspective, um, because she's really sells the program. And I think she's done that with every kind of program that she's had moving forward. Or I mean, in the past, at least. What would you say? Uh, I think my favorite Oscar match is, um, 
My, not Oscar's favorite Becky match. I'm sorry, it is Becky versus Oscar. You can go. You can go. You can go, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> from 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 Royal Rumble, um, from Royal Rumble, uh, 2019. Uh, I I think that that whole and I, I'll even go further than that and say that's my favorite moment too. I remember being with uh, Handstock. I was at Bill Handstock uh, at his house, and we were watching it. And I remember being on the edge of my seat because I wanted Oscar to win so badly. But in the back of my mind saying, you know what, I wouldn't be so upset if Becky won this because it's such a great match. And it's one of my favorite women's matches of the past two years, for sure. And um, she, she loses the match and later on that night goes on and wins the Royal Rumble, right? <laughs> it, was, it was stone cold. It was stone cold Jace. And that's why I loved it. Because when you don't do that often, when you finally see it again, you're still able to say this is some stone cold Steve Austin shit. But you're also able to say, but this is the right time, the right moment, and they 100%. did it the right way because they put over they put over somebody on the way, and that's one thing they wouldn't have done. But right. then they, they but then they gave her that moment at the end, and they gave us the match that we you know we we fought over for a while, you right. and I leading up to it. But it still ended up as one of the most memorable moments, and uh, right. not 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 just women's wrestling, but wrestling in general. One hundred percent. Uh, let's, let's stick to women's wrestling here because we have to give a special shout out, uh, to a certain champion that is, that is, that is on SmackDown. Uh, we gotta, we, we're officially, this is the, we're officially hanging her jersey in the PC. That's what yeah. I like to say. Um, yeah. She's not I, retired, but it, at this point she's so damn good. It's not, <laughs> well, yeah. we can do this in present time. It, I, what did I say? We've got to give them their flowers while they're still here. Um, Bailey, I remember about three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, I said, you know, Mills asked me, what, how, how many stars did she have to get against Tamina for her to be the GOAT? And I said one. And she doubled. She said, you know what, I'll take your one and I'll double that. <laughs> she make doubled it? it? <laughs> yeah, make it a three. <laughs> she dribbled it. You know what's I, I don't give a I don't give a damn what Brian Alvarez has to say, or Vinny. They're two jackoffs. I don't care what they have to say. I thought the match between Bailey and Tamina was Tamina's best match that she ever had. I thought Bailey worked extremely hard to make her look good. I've seen Bailey do bumps in that match that I've never seen her do before. She was bumping all over the ring like she was Shawn Michaels. I I thought that it was really again. She has had to pull out so much, like, everything out of her own character <laughs> to make this mm-hmm. heel turn work. For the past two months, she's had to do a lot to, to, to make it legitimate. She's beaten everyone. She's beaten Tamina. It's time to give Bailey her flower. She is a GOAT. Shout out to Chris Novak and all of the, the, the sheep uh, that, that love Bailey. <laughs> he believed. He knew it could happen. I was like, I don't, I don't know. She's got to get one star. She pulled out three at Money in the Bank. I thought it was a really good match. Um, and, and again, if this is all leading to the storyline that we want, then I'm pretty sure I know why Bailey's working so hard. Listen, we're hanging her. We're, we are 100 hanging her jersey in the PC as of right now. I mean, maybe we can get Cornell to kind of figure out how do we actually do that. But um, 
but we're hanging her jersey in the PC because she deserves it. She is honestly, it's a run that's similar to me of her NXT title run, where it's kind of like, oh, the four horse women left. So I'm kind of left alone to like <laughs> pick up what's left of this division, which was completely, I mean, you talk about the four division, four horse women, you know, era and currently in WWE, same thing in NXT and kind of when they left. It was kind of left with, oh, we didn't really establish a lot of people, didn't we? <laughs> so this is an era. I mean, she's had matches against Lacey that were bad. It's just, I was glad Lacey didn't win. Um, she's <laughs> had matches with the entire division and kind of made them look a lot better and made the division. She, I don't know if she made the division look a lot better, but she's certainly been an amazing champion in the process, which is much more credit than I could have given her at the beginning of this whole heel turn shtick. Um, it's evolved into much more than a shtick now. It's a fully formed, fully evil, fully realized asshole. Um, and that that may be the best compliment that I can give her is that she is a true asshole. And um, I fully support her for it. So we're officially hanging Bailey's jersey in the PC. It's a, a maybe this can be an age thing where we're just going to hang these jerseys up because like. Well, she got to put her. She got to put hers next to Oscar because I think Oscar, more than anything, is the the women's MVP for twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, just, just the hard. I mean, now you're gonna have Chris Novak. Like, excuse me, are you, are you kidding me? No, <laughs> no, I think he would be happy and gracious just for us to be acknowledging her because I know that you said that she wasn't she wasn't Canadian cool a year ago, and now <laughs> we've done no. a complete one eighty on her. <laughs> well, yeah, she was not cool at all. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is. Listen, you get there. And, you know, she's still, she's doing the best that we can. She shines like a light in this division. And it's going to be a lot more interesting now. She beat the entire SmackDown Women's division, right? But when we get to Raw, we talk about this little, I guess, an ordinance or some kind of thing that they're now implementing again, which could present her with a couple more opportunities to face a couple more people in the future. So Uh, um, real quick, real quick, let's let's do uh, Money in the Bank. I thought it was okay. a fun show. I thought it was fun. Uh, two hours, two and a half. I, I I can't I I can I can't with all of my heart give that a bad rating. I no, just can't. Not it, at all. This <laughs> is the shortest pay per view they've done in I think I saw somebody say like five years. Right. So uh, it didn't drag along long enough for you to be like, damn, I miss the fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It didn't drag along. And in that way, I think that there were things, I think that it was at least better than like Mania Night 2 in that way because it it it, it didn't drag at all. Uh, and I thought that whereas like Mania Night 1 had better matches, uh, yeah. this, this had the, the, the length was shorter. And then also you also had really fun stuff and really a really dope match. A, a couple. I, I think that they went on a streak of like maybe three matches in a row that were yeah. really, even, really good. Even the pre-show, even the pre-show match, Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro. Didn't know I needed it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was dope. It was really dope. I thought Jeff worked really hard too. Um, and Cesaro can just get the best out of anyone. But um, I, I, I really enjoyed the, the tag, uh, tag title four-way match. Um, I thought Lucha House Party had it in the bag, but of course, New Day came out on top. Um, we as had long a. As it wasn't the guys that we thought they might have gone with. <laughs> but Bruce has other plans. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to Bruce in a second. <laughs> um, Lashley, of course, did not go against uh, our. Or, I'm sorry, Lashley did go against our truth instead of MVP. Of course, that led to storyline implications that happened on Raw. So I'll give, I gave that one a pass. Listen, uh, it's good. Oh, snap. Listen, I, I popped for the whole snap. <laughs> 
was the uh, worst moment I saw. We 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 went through Bailey Tamina. I thought Braun and Bray really it really shocked me. It really surprised whoa. me. <laughs> whoa, Braun, he heard the podcast. I'm sure Bray did too. For for a character that the Bray Wyatt thing was, I mean, he managed it to. I think it was a different version than the last time we saw Bray in a major match on pay per view, which was against the Miz a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, I think. Now, the important thing is he's doing less of the I'm not selling anything, which is, I think, hindered a lot of his early matches and just the character in general, because if you're not selling, you're not really telling a story. Um, This, they kind of, you know, they went all in on it. It was a competitive match. Braun Strowman even added his own storyline flair with the mask. Um, and And he beat Bray Wyatt. There's, you know... Can't even argue about it. it Bray, was, even, Bray was even busting out moves we've never seen from him before, like a tornado DDT. Yeah, uh, who knew he knew how to do that? Exactly. And and I thought that I thought Braun actually bumped a lot for Bray too, and gave Bray a lot. And and I think that you you make a really good point, Mills, that Bray regular Bray was different in that he wasn't no selling things, but in this match it felt like he was like trying to survive. And yeah. I and I thought that added a really cool uh, twist to it as well. Uh, really surprising stuff. Bravo for to both guys. I, I don't know if my, I don't know if my my uh, ex- expectations were so low that it really just blew them all away. But I thought it was really solid. To be fair, I still agree with Christian, who says on WWE backstage every week that this should have been a SummerSlam match. If this yeah. was a SummerSlam match, I think we would be even applauding this a lot more. Right. Um, but you know, it's a we get what we can take, and this is. Quite honestly, what is this? This might be the third good match that Bray Wyatt has had. Like maybe, like that we can actually say. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins. Listen, say what you will about Seth Rollins, about this feud. I think we've even like agreed with that. Like why Rollins was picked for this position, but this was a match that further made Drew that guy. I really like this match a lot. I liked it too. I mean, we've been critical of Drew over the last number of weeks for his attitude. And to be honest, it's still kind of there. But um, the man kicks ass in the ring. They've been yeah. really trying incredibly hard to put him over as this, like, this champion. The, who's the working man champion. Yeah, he, he fights. I mean, the man showed up on Raw still having these matches. I mean, he's the, the night after, he's still having these banging matches. So they're trying to prove him as this kind of champion. And this match delivered. You got a handshake at the end. Um, we wonder what that was about, but you know, it's a, it was a banger of the match. Shout out to Drew. Shout out to Seth. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we had the money in the bank match, which was, it went about 25 minutes. Um, and it was seven minutes according to, uh, <laughs> Oh, that's, that's so crazy because I didn't have my time in front of me and I guessed. So oh, I, all right. Look I, at you. that's kind of crazy. I, I, I was taking notes in my head. Um, Come on, clockwork. All right, let's do it. So many things to get through in this match, but I think as far as like it being a love letter in the same way that Firefly with Funhouse was, a love letter to fans, like, you know, insider fans and, 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 and like not smart fans, but like fans that have been watching this for a really long time. I thought that it really delivered on a lot of, in a lot of different ways. Um, I thought it was cool to see the offices. I thought that it was just hilarious just in general and that they need to do things like this to keep it, you know, exciting. I think a regular money in the bank with no fans would have just been terrible. You, you yeah. like, I, I don't think I would have felt it as much as I did this. Um, Oscar jumping off of the, the, uh, the top 
of the of the of the stairs mm-hmm. uh in in the lobby was great that i thought the wrestlers coming out to their music in the gym and in the lobby was fucking hilarious no i thought i thought it was all funny i mean i don't think so there's not part of me that believes you can do this match without a level of corn to it because mm-hmm. it's a, they're in a building the wwe offices and they're out here they're they're grown men and women in tights running around an office punching each other to reach the top there's i mean unless this is the challenge itself there's no you know way that you could do this without making it but it was it was appealing it was comedic this is obviously appealing to wrestling fans and it obviously can intrigue fans outside of that i think you know who has not wanted to completely have a full on brawl in their office for some reward at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think all parties involved did a great job. They had great little moments with everybody. Um, Oscar wins. I'm incredibly happy, but I wasn't prepared for what happened five minutes later. Not even in the slightest. Not even. Yeah. The, the men's side it ended a little weird. Um, I, but, I, but can we agree that Oscar winning also made narrative sense within this and that she never took a punch. She never took a bump and she was on the elevator the whole time. <laughs> yes. Yes. I thought I mean, it yeah. was, it was really, really smart to have her go through that because it shows that this new version of Oscar in a lot of ways, I think that she's better than the streak Oscar, but this new version of Oscar is more wily and smart and will outsmart you more than she'll try and choke you out. She's somebody that's going to try and beat you mentally before she right. does it that way. I, I think that in terms of like, you know, before we knew, you know, on Monday, I felt like on Sunday, I was like, this is the most deserving person because she's been on this show every single week, working hard, doing vlogs, keeping the, the flag held high, working with literally everyone. And, you know, the cream rises to the top. And, and I right. think that this really is her moment for real. Uh, but, but five minutes later, uh, maybe less than that, we saw we saw Baron Corbin tossing Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black off a roof. Completely undersold it. That's my only gripe with this. They completely undersold it. Thought, I, I that. thought that made it funnier. <laughs> I thought it went by so quickly. I, they could have at least had a shot of like a, a, a down shot at Corbin and he's just like laughing maniacally or something evil or something around. He just threw Rey Mysterio off a fucking roof. Um, also, the worst week of Rey Mysterio's life. As soon as oh, ab- absolutely. We get into got choked out by Shane the two. That was oh, insane. that was. That was hilarious also. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you have to talk about it because I am not talking about okay, it. Okay, so we I, I think we had thought Otis was kind of like the, the odds were, were less on him. Uh, I thought he had great moments during the match. I, to me, I thought he was next to Oscar, one of the funniest participants in, in the whole thing. Um, Obviously, we have different types of comedy. I, mean, I thought he was... You thought, who you thought was funnier, Dana? I mean... I'm good with the, the, the whole I'm hungry. I'm going to eat comedy. Like, I'm hungry. Yeah, I get it. That's because you work out too much. Uh, so we we got uh, Baron and AJ at the top. Uh, they are fighting for the briefcase. Uh, Elias comes out, which is random. I almost forgot Elias came out until I rewatched it before we started recording. Again, and- like, completely <laughs> undersold the fact. There was no, you know what? I think it was because no there was commentary. No, uh, no commentary. Yeah, it was no, no commentary. commentary. Until you heard that really weird on promo Michael Cole at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, so Elias comes out, hits Baron Corbin. Uh, AJ fumbles the briefcase that they were fighting over. And uh, Otis grabs the briefcase, and Otis is the winner of Money in the Bank. 
uh, on SmackDown. I don't know if a lot of people watch SmackDown. I would not blame you. I did because I am a glutton for punishment. It was Saturday afternoon. I'm sorry. Uh, he said on SmackDown that he would use the Money in the Bank briefcase for the tag titles uh, instead of a singles tight championship. Um, I know a lot of people felt really off and bad about that, but I mean, you could also think of the the way that you know Otis could lose also, and well, that you, yeah, go ahead. No, because on on the promos for SmackDown, they were kind of talking about Otis regarding the World Championship now. So I don't know if they since changed that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know why they'd have him say it if they. I saw that commercial too, and I don't know why they would have had him say that or even yeah. intimate that if they weren't going to go through with it. To me, it does make sense because I don't think that they want to leave Otis as a singles guy because I just don't think... I mean, at this point, you've done... He's won money in the bank. Like, at this point, like, why would you... He lucked up into it. Yeah, but he was entered and he won the damn... Let's not act like... Let's not act like... It's going to say winner. Let's not (laughs) act like money in the bank is some prestigious thing. Damian Sandow had it. Like, <laughs> but then he was no longer in the tag team. It's not like he was. He went back to teaming with Cody all after the fact. Like, he, this is a this is a singles accomplishment. He was in a singles match. I don't think he's been in a tag match since probably when he faced Miz and Morrison on like their early essential days. Um, he hasn't. We haven't seen Tucker since before WrestleMania. I think. Um, no, we saw him after. Uh, well, maybe you like the show after, but they taped that yeah. before WrestleMania, so that don't count. <laughs> but but we haven't seen him in a while. Like at this point, it's like why even backtrack unless he unless you say like the summer of Otis is over or this 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 fad that is Otis to me is over, which I do think it so is what, a fad. What? But, but here's the thing. Look at all of the entries in the match. AJ, to me, I don't think he's going to get another title. I think that he is permanently oh, well, locked. Not, no, no. We're I don't think he's going to get a title this year. I, I think he's part-time. He's going against part-timers. You're not going to look at the other five people in this match. They don't need it. They don't the need it. Why? Yeah. Otis don't need it. For what? No one, but well, you, well, we, argue, we already argued, even on the women's and men's side, that no one really needed this. Because nobody's really like over enough to have the, t- the briefcase. I don't even know how they would try and get someone as a as a credible threat to win the title. Because there's like there's no to me a money in the bank cash in. There's like no pop for that anymore. Like that's why I'm like it's kind of even weird for them to do it anyway. But like let's just rock with it. But like I, I gotta be real. Like AJ doesn't need it. Baron for sure doesn't need it. You would have been way more pissed if Baron won it. I would have been pissed if Baron won it, but I didn't want Baron to win. Neither, but neither did I want Otis to win. <laughs> Alistair, you would agree. Alistair is he was already on, on track to to be a competitor to to compete for that title at least Alistair, by the end of the summer. Alistair is in a weird place because they like to say, "Okay, we're going somewhere with him," and then it's like, "Okay, never mind, Buddy Murphy again." <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're on Seth now. So it's kind of like, oh, we're going somewhere. Actually, no, we're not. But, like, it's it's sort of, he doesn't have that build. I don't know. Otis, to me, is not, there's no way you're going to convince me in my mind that Otis is the person that deserves to have this, in my opinion. Because Otis is 100% not the person that deserves to have this. And if he goes and he gets a world championship shot, fine. If he wins the championship, I'm really over this entire like I'm done. Um, I don't say I'm done watching wrestling because I'm obviously not because we have a weekly show. 
However, I'm done with like accepting whatever that blue shit is on SmackDown. Um, that's all I can say about that. So, I would you would you be less upset? Uh, I'm not upset. I'm just like really. That's kind of I'm befuddled. I'm 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 befuddled in why something that obviously this is obviously a Bruce project. It seems like it has all its fingerprints on it. To be honest, if it's a Vince McMahon project, I'm even more. Befuddled. Actually, I'm not that. Bad. You know, it's a Bruce McMahon project. <laughs> it's a listen. Something wrong with them in there. <laughs> something wrong with them. Why didn't you? This has gone too far. This is like if Eugene in the summer of 2004 won the Money in the Bank briefcase, and we we would have rocked with it then. <laughs> it would have been funnier. Why? Why is um, it not okay for? Why is it okay for him to get Mandy, but not a fucking briefcase gimmick? Because the briefcase is actually something that people care about, and I don't give a shit about the Mandy thing. <laughs> I like the Mandy thing, but it's like there's no stakes to it. There's nothing. This is hot shit. All right, uh, let's 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 get through. Can, raw. We, can I go through a couple? Can I go through a couple quick hits before we, we transition to raw? I got some yeah. quick hits. Good. Um, which may not end up being quick, depending on how you uh, you respond to this. Um, one, Roman Reigns clears a couple things up. Uh, oh yeah, that did happen last week. <laughs> last week, um, on uh, on uh, on the show, we talked about it. We talked about leukemia and how it thing. He cleared a lot of stuff up. Apparently, he is actually cleared and actually fine to go. But he just does not feel comfortable to go, considering he has two newborns at home and would not like to put his family through the stress of possibly contaminating them with the travel that he has to do between the PC and, you know, his, his house and all this other stuff like that. So he's choosing the route of actually not um, competing until, I don't know. He actually didn't have a timeline. He was like, when and the, the, the interviewer was like, when do you think you can come back? And he was like, no, like <laughs> tell Trump. <laughs> nah, he didn't say that. But, um, you know, there's no kind of timetable right now when, he comes back, but it still presents a situation. Like, is this, this even presents more of a situation. We thought WWE were assholes for saying like, yo, you left them high and dry for the whole leukemia thing. And we're like, damn, that's kind of cold that you edited him out of a promo. But when you realize it's for like for his kids, now you're kind of like, mm, but why again did they edit them out of that promo? You don't want to confuse marketing. You don't want to confuse the marketing. It's the same reason why they they weren't, actively trying to promote the Matt Riddle stuff a couple of, you know, months ago. Like it also, like there's marketing that has to go into that too. Like that's why you don't talk about him because then it's going to be like, well, where is he? Why didn't you guys explain where he was? Because they're, that's something that's personal to him. He doesn't have to explain it if he doesn't want it to be explained. I, again, I still say that if WWE wanted it to be out while they're doing it, they would have told us already if it was more sinister than what it was. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. It's not like you can't figure it out by Googling it. You know what I'm saying? It's not, this isn't the WWE world. Yeah, this isn't the WWE world of 2002 where it's like, yo, did he he do that or didn't he do that? He had a thing on TMZ. It's retweeted on the internet. But you don't think WWE was like, all right, go clear this shit up at TMZ. They're not allowed to give interviews anytime. (laughs) But TMZ. Probably. No, probably. They probably saw the cover of our episode art and was like, damn. You know, they're really bringing the hammer down on us. Uh, maybe we should clear this up. So maybe you're right about that. Um, another another quick hit. Oof. Alberto Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio is in the news. Is in the news this week 
I believe, let me actually find the article so I can get all this jargon actually right. Um, Alberto Del Rio is in this news this week for sexual assault, alleged sexual assault. Let's say that. Worst mugshot I've ever seen on earth. Terrible. Oh, that, um, that's, that's that he did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes, um, Alberto Del Rio whose name is blah, 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 was arrested over a weekend after a woman came forward alleging the 42-year-old beat and sexually assaulted her earlier in the month. She allegedly had photos, local news on the report, the woman that Chujan, his last name, assaulted her on more than one occasion, but the most recent being on May 3rd. Um, damn. Uh, Went to the jail. Yeah. You, see the, you hear them sirens? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Stay away from me. Um, Put them under let's the go. Uh, let's go. I got two more. Um, intercontinental title. So, reportedly, there's going to be news on Friday of what's going to go on with the actual intercontinental title because Sami Zayn has not been on WWE program since he successfully defended the title at WrestleMania. Um, what do you think they're going to do, and what do you think they should do if you have no idea what they're going to do? Uh, what do I think they're going to do? They, he's gonna draw. He's he's gonna have to relinquish it, um, which is understandable. Uh, I think that you know you got a you got a crown new champion. I I don't know if you put it right back on Knack or if you if you. I think honestly, what they're gonna do with this new uh, brand invitation thing is that they're gonna do a tournament that spans both brands, and then they're gonna they're gonna probably do some type of flip-flop with it or either put it back on somebody on SmackDown, but in order to do it, they won't have them go against the SmackDown mid-carters mm. to do it. Okay. But um, I think there'll be some type of tournament, which is, what What will this be, like the second tournament going on in WWE TV right now? Yeah, yeah, it definitely will be. I mean, at this point, uh, you know, I I don't, I have nothing wrong with Sami Zayn. It's sad because this is his first like championship in the WWE, but it's also like clearly he understand to him what's his priorities is my health, my safety, my family's health and my safety. Um, so that's what he's kind of going with from here on out. It, that's what it seems. We've heard no actual official word from him, I believe. Um, but yeah, it, I think there'll be a tournament. I think we're going to get this title up in advance and we're going to, unless he shows up at the tapings this week, which they haven't talked about, but you know, I think we kind of expect that there's going to be a new internal champion kind of a uh, round. Yeah. I, and don't, that, don't ask us who we think is going to be. Cause I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably Otis. Um, yeah, Hold on. Okay. Oh, my uh, <laughs> Undertaker documentary. Oh, Yes. Part one. We originally wanted to go long form on this, but then Becky happened. So Avi, yeah. like <laughs> Becky is Becky greater sign Undertaker. Yes. Um <laughs> because you know, you know what? Let me stop. Um, how did we feel about this documentary? It premiered over the weekend. I managed to watch it hours before the pay-per-view. I did not watch it after the pay-per-view because I wanted to watch the actual documentary that people are talking about, uh, the Michael Jordan one. Um, how did we feel? About Undertaker, Last Ride, documentary, part one. I liked it. I really did like it. Um, it. It was enlightening to a lot of things that we were 
I think more than anything, it, we heard about it on, on dirt sheets as far as just like his, his health and the level of, of, of health that he had. But we see it now. I mean, I think one of the most crushing things to see is this man become mortal. And we yeah. see more of that. Uh, we see more of that on this documentary than we've ever seen, you know, before on, on TV and otherwise. Like the, the shot of him limping up that 80 yard ramp at WrestleMania 20, uh, 33 80 yards. <laughs> A really good moment between him and Jericho there. I'm really glad we still have Jericho uh, on the dock as well. That shows you just how far back they've been trying yeah, to. How old this shit is. Yeah. It's like the MJ dock. Like they've had this footage for years, just chilling. Um, it's also interesting how both of these, these are happening at the same time too. Well, well uh, last dance ends on Sunday when the second episode of this drops, but uh, really cool to have they both planned it out. No, I don't. Th- I don't think they did. I-, I think that they probably had this set to go uh, for a while. Because remember, Last Dance was the one that got pushed up. Yeah. Well, I think when they saw the trailer for Last Dance, it was like, "What about this Undertaker thing that we eventually do?" That's what I think. That's what I think could potentially happen because it's. I don't know. I mean, I'm interested in seeing. I, I like this whole open side of the Undertaker. It's incredibly sad to watch. Sad as. A, you know, you have various feelings about it, but overall, I find kind of felt sad because there's, I think a lot of things happened in this first part. A lot of things. They kind of span 2000, maybe 15, like third. 15, Brock, let's make a let's make a mark from like Brock to 2017 to the Roman thing. Yeah. So they span all of that. They span his lost confidence after the Brock thing because like he had him, which I think is like. He kind of had a concussion moment. I don't know if it went deeper than that, but he had a concussion moment that kind of like ruined his entire confidence. And it went into the following WrestleMania where he was kind of saying it and he managed to get it back. But actually seeing this man limping, having, you know, the as we like to call it, the doo-doo walk. Um, <laughs> the Matt Hardy. Yeah, the Matt Hardy doo-doo walk. Uh, having to see him limp is insane. Having to see him get shots in his knee before he has a big match is wild. Having him just kind of talk about it openly, kind of walk around with Michelle. It, it was interesting to see him backstage at the uh, the Hall of Fame because this man was just like, I'm weird, whatever. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> no getting comfortable with that knee and that hip. Yeah. Yeah. The hip is, looks bad. Everything looks bad. Everything looks the, bad. The, he doesn't. The prep that he has to do from year to year, this guy gets no break. He gets no rest. He doesn't have any time to just really chill because yeah. by the time he gets home, he's hurt and has to do another injury, he said, or do another surgery, he says. And then by what, November, Vince is asking him what he's doing and he has to yeah. train all over again. And, you know, it was really I interesting. Think, Go ahead. No, I think. To be honest, you talk about the Vince thing. I think his loyalty to Vince is going to hinder him more. Physically. Actually, yeah, it's going to continue to hinder him. He has an undying uh, just agreement because Vince has kind of like made him who he was. Vince has put food on his table, put a house, with wife, kids, all this other stuff. Just WWE himself has become so important that he's willing to drop everything at a drop of a dime. And he loves wrestling so much as well. But um, you can love wrestling and go other places to wrestle, to be honest with you. But he has so much appreciation for Vince. And Vince the same way back. Like Vince goes in the room and makes sure – Vince uh, – <laughs> 
when uh when he's back in the doctor's office and Vince comes in, Vince is like, "Yo, you where my hug at?" Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like he was like, "Yo, you passed me," and like, don't think I didn't see you pass me. Like, they obviously have some sort of deeper relationship where they truly do appreciate each other on a very strong level. But he made a statement like, "Vince, just tell me when it doesn't, it's not going to work anymore, and I'll close it up forever." And Vince has yet to tell him that because he's still having matches in 2020. Like, yeah, but so. it, it was originally, and I think that the doc um, confirms that the Roman match was supposed to be it. Yeah, and, and that you know that was supposed to be over with. I, I think that, and, and they kind of dovetail it or, or or lead into it by saying the Brock match was supposed to be it because he was messed up for a long time after that, and to mm-hmm. a point where. And I think this is cool to see. And they've done this with a lot of these uh, WWE documentaries, just letting you know and getting into the, the, the head of these guys as they doubt themselves. Two, mm-hmm. two bits. But, you know, Triple H coming out and saying, hey, you got this. Yeah. Remember who the yeah. fuck you are. And I thought that was a cool moment. And it was also cool to see him hug Triple H after the Roman match because that's the guy who put him back on and said, you can do this. And he, had, he went on that tear after that, after right. the brain match. That whole year, he went, he went crazy. But I the Roman even, match... Go ahead. No, no, no. Go finish up your point. But I, I think that, you know, the Roman match being the match that was supposed to be it, that was the fitting end. But I do love that the documentary ended with, no, nah, that wasn't it. <laughs> I, think, I think he didn't want it to end just because I think he felt like he didn't give his a full, strong performance in that match because they managed to make sure to show you the two failed tombstones and like all he cared about in that match was I didn't want to make Roman look good as possible. Yeah. I have to do that. And, you know, they kind of were ending it right there, but I'm interested to see where it kind of goes here. This Vince McMahon Coleman is always like, yo pal, you, yeah, you you good for Mexico. I need a couple, uh, (laughs) I need a couple hitters. Well, well, Um, I think you see in the, in the preview that he finally watches the Roman match and that's what gets him back. He was like, yo, I can't go out this way. Can't go out this way. And then he thought that probably the Goldberg match was the last match. He's like, yo, I really can't go out this way. <laughs> and, and I think that it's a good, it's a cool parallel um, to Jordan's documentary, right? Where it's like he was watching, and literally that, that episode that came on Sunday where he was watching the Bulls, you know, uh, struggle to, um, you know, struggle to, to win. And he had to come back. He felt as though, hey, let me just come back and do that. This is the type of, you know, just grind that these two have to be the best at what they do. And it kind of puts The Undertaker in a different light. I I mean, like, this is a guy that for years has performed at a high level with high level opponents. Everyone that we know from four different decades in damn near Mm -hmm. to now. I I think a parallel between Jordan, Taker, Doc, a lot of it. The, the the biggest moment at Jordan Doc was the part where he's kind of like, this is who I am ultimately. This is uh this is the person that I am, and unfortunately, there's a uh, there's consequences to being the person that I am. I'm not well liked, um, but listen, if you I do what it takes to get the thing done, and I think it's the same with the Undertaker. It's like this is who I am. I'm just a guy who comes out and work who love professional wrestling, and the consequences are my hip is fucked up, my knees are fucked up, all this stuff, but I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. And it's kind of like this this, this addiction to it um, yeah. that, that honestly, I think uh, he should probably... Yeah. He should stop. <laughs> yeah, he should probably stop sooner than later. That's what I got from this doc. Um, yeah, let's let's go into Monday night. 
Yeah, Monday Night Raw. Um, I thought it was a, a show of ups and downs and ups and downs. Um, it was the best essential essential era show that I think I've seen. Yeah, I I, I would agree. I, I think so. I thought they. I thought everyone worked hard. I thought you know why it was really good. There was actually some sense of story progression this week. Yeah, and I think that's why we put it over anything. And, and this is Becky, notwithstanding, things actually happened and moved forward mm-hmm. to a mm-hmm. to a role where it's like, okay, we're finally seeing. They, they're trying to heat Shayna back up again, I think, in a really nice... I mean, obviously, it's Natty, and we're going to roll our eyes at that, but they're not hot-shotting They're not hot shotting her right back, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think that's cool. You have to give her some sort of adversity uh, and, and an opponent that, you know, she can work towards Asuka with. We don't know who Asuka's going to face next, but, you know, I don't even know. If, is Asuka a face now? I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but... Um, I, I did like I want to talk about Seth last, but um I, I did like the uh the, the dissension in Andrade's group as well. Mm-hmm. I like that as well. I think yeah, these this is a role where things happen, and I think that's probably the, the best part about it because for the last number of weeks you kind of felt like you were watching matches and random segments and you didn't really feel like things were actually occurring. But yeah, the the whole the whole dissension between Andrade's group, I thought that was a nice touch to have a fully. You know why they have dissension? You know why they have dissension? Because they have a name. This mm. stable doesn't have a name. That's why I can't get invested no. too much. In it. No, because they don't have no matching tights. No, no, nor matching yeah. tights. I, I can't um, get. They're like all off, and then you see the the rise of a new stable coming between MVP, Bobby Lashley, Vink, and Thorn, which which is uh, quickly happening. And, man, and I gotta say, man, I don't hate Vink and Thorn. I don't know them, but uh, <laughs> best of luck to those white guys. <laughs> I don't hate them. I, I, they got they see a lot with Vink, and I don't think he would be in that position if they didn't see a lot with him. Do you have any info on Vink? Yeah, he's an he's he's uh he was uh kind of popular on the in, on the internet. Uh, he's an Australian uh, pro wrestling guy. He has a, a web series, a, a video vlog web series. Uh, it's called Smug. Uh, Novak put me onto that last week. And uh, I, I checked out a couple episodes of that. He was on Evolve. I, I saw a couple clips of his stuff on Evolve. Um, I think they need to start doing more of the stuff that he was doing on Evolve than this tag team shit. But I think that he's, he's a work in progress. And I think you put him with someone super talented and he'll get there. Okay. All right. Um, and, and Shane Thorne is Shane Thorne. I'm just glad he's along for the ride because he's just been there for a, a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, we saw some progression with women's tag teams. The iconics yes. have returned. The boom boom, uh, the boom boom, boom, music. boom, boom music connoisseurs, the, the discriminations. Yes, uh, they're here. Obviously, non title win over the champions means they're in line for a title shot. Uh, next week, next week on Raw, it's happening next, next week. So, we have that to look forward to. Um, let's see, we got Ricochet, we saw that Jinder Mahal, they're trying to do things with her. Good luck. <laughs> well, he mentioned Drew. He mentioned Drew, and I think naturally that's where this is going. Listen, the backlash is where Drew, where Jinder Mahal became a king. Yep. <laughs> can he <laughs> can he return the backlash as a champion? Um, well, more than he, that, can can Drew get a workable match out of his his re- legit real life friend? Can he get a good yeah. match? Out of him? <laughs> I think Drew can. To be honest with you, I think Drew can. I, think, I would uh, like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna the money gif is there. Um let's see. Oh, Street Profits and Viking Raiders. Oh, oh my god, can we talk about this? 
Yes. So you know, funny. We, we felt the way about the carpool karaoke thing, rightfully so. I thought it was okay. I thought but, it was fine. Well, well, I was two ways about it. I didn't like it, but I also liked it. Yes, I thought it was fine. This basketball skit was by far the funniest thing that happened on Monday. It was up there with some of the funniest stuff on Sunday. And I think that this is the type of stuff that like the, the prophets excel at. And I think that if you're giving the Raiders a personality, there is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, I didn't think they looked like geeks. I thought they looked like guys who just didn't know how to play basketball. But then it turned, it turns out they turned the tables on them and they did know how to play. And I thought that that was like these super like eight up skits that they're doing. I think they've, they've knocked pretty much all of them apart. the park. And I think in remaking and, and rejiggering the, the, the Raiders, they're still the Raiders. They're still the fucking shit in the ring. It's just that you're giving them a personality outside of it. I don't see, I, like I saw someone say that they were reminding them of the Highlanders. And I was like, no, they're not doing Highlanders type slapstick shit. They're doing, they're, they're trying to prove they're better than, than the prophets. They're still showing that they have personality. This isn't going to be the real warriors guys. This is not the nineties. We're not scared of these guys for real. Uh, yeah, that, that is, that's definitely, I think I agree with you pretty much everything that you said. Um, also you got, I mean, you said you want to talk about Seth last, so we have to talk about this Randy Orton and Edge. It's continuing. The blood feud continues. You got to talk about this because I got words about it, but I know that's your man's. So I, I'm a, I'm gonna frame what I say against what you say. Um. So <laughs> they left Charlie out there with. <laughs> I don't know why they made Charlie say the hell that. <laughs> but Charlie kind of left on a note of like this could be the greatest wrestling match ever. And I was like, ma'am? <laughs> she, didn't even sound, she didn't even sound sure about that. Yeah, she was just like, ma'am, okay. And in the end, I was also like, wait, why are you here still? Um, but Edge, Randy, or in, I think the promo was going in a great way. It was going in a progressive type of way. Where it was just like, listen, you know, I came back, had face Randy. I think I'm over that. But, like, what's next for me now? And I think what's next is – and then Randy comes out. He tries to be um, – he tries to be the sort of diplomatic, but he's a bigger man. He's the bigger man. Yeah, because he's, he's a dickhead. Like he's <laughs> he just says what he is. Um, so he can't in his veins. And he's like, listen, I am better than you. I don't care what that result say on the fighting thing. When it comes to wrestling, you can't lace my boots, you weak, feeble neck wow. guide. Wow. Um I I'm just paraphrasing. But I think that's generally the realm of what he said is like, yo, you can't touch me in here. And then WWE did a really good job uh, today because they uploaded a very good Randy Orton match. Um, they uploaded his match against Christian where he beat him for the world title after Christian won it like four days ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they did a really good job there. But, you know, I'm I still would I would like to see it. <laughs> No, like all right, man. No, 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 no. I would like to see it. I'm not. Uh, who am no. I to stop them from having Absolutely. a regular ass match? No. <laughs> Here's my thing with this. I hate it. Number one. Two. I am so. I am so sure that the only reason this is happening is because Edge had such a sour reception to the fact that nobody liked that match at WrestleMania, <laughs> and he wants to go back and do it just to prove to people that he still got. We know you still have it. We don't need to see that. 
We really don't. Do I, you I, know? I, 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 oh my God. I don't <laughs> Orton in a regular. He's going to do that backbreaker off his back. He's going to do that headlock. Edge going to sell it crazy. Edge going to sell like his neck will snap. He's going to be like, oh, oh my God. And if Edge, like, here's the thing. We you know what I hate when, when they're about to talk about like new stars in the back, in the backstage area that need a shot? And then they get interrupted. And it's like, we all know, everyone knows you want to see the Seth Rollins thing before he leaves. Yeah. Like, everybody, leave, bro. Like, like, everyone knows that, bro. Like, it, let, let's just be completely fucking real here. Like, he's going to leave soon. <laughs> yeah. They said they're doing December. I would, I could see him leaving past SummerSlam, after SummerSlam. So My let's. Man is like, as long as I'm back from Mania, to pick up that Mania check, I am good. So. Why? Why you you like this over Seth Rollins? Let's just be real. Um, no, I don't like it over Seth Rollins, but I kind of have to evaluate it over what it is right now. And you're staying. You're staying. I would yes, I wholeheartedly. You're staying. Um, yeah, wholeheartedly. I would like to see it. I, I hate. <laughs> I hate Edge's grit shirt. I wish he would be. A oh fan. no, that shirt is terrible. That I wish he would bad. be a heel so bad. I really <laughs> wish he would be a heel so bad. <laughs> grit he, is such a bad like. I was like grit. G R I Edge is a terrible <laughs> face. He he is mid. You know, no. you know. You know what you know what the Miz and Edge have in common. That's why you like them so much. They are no. terrible baby faces. No, Edge yes. is not a terrible baby face. Yes. He's just a much better heel. Miz is a. Not good baby face, but he's an amazing oh heel. God. Oh my god. But uh <laughs> I was I really hope someone's listening to this right now because I feel like I'm going insane talking to you and I don't you. But Edge of the, face the is- grit shirt is terrible. I would agree with you on that. If we agree on anything, Rich, I'm not buying a shirt that just says grit. <laughs> like like grits, maybe, but grit, no. Nah. <laughs> but uh <laughs> it's a whatever, man. Backlash. Whatever. Backlash, bro. Uh, so it's, it's happening in, in uh, a little bit less than a month. I doubt they'll be on raw next week. I'm pretty sure they'll show up uh, end of the month to, to work this, uh, work this angle. They said, there isn't much of an angle here. They took a month off <laughs> and came back. Well, listen, they had to get the stink. Uh, the stink had to clear. Up I, I, I am 75% sure that the only reason that this is happening is because edge wants to redo the match and have people love it. I I don't want to say that, but I do agree the match was stinky. I'll say that. It's oh. not my favorite edge match. It's not even close. I'm not even going to cap for that match. It was not good. I did not enjoy the last man standing match. I just didn't. Um, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Um, okay. I would say postpartum, but it doesn't even look like that. Like, how do you have postpartum before the baby? Uh, Seth seems to be visibly shattered. Uh... The for what reason we still haven't we still haven't yes. actually figured it out. We do not know. We we do know that after he shook hands with Drew at the end of the match at Money in the Bank, that Seth had a look on his face, but then he came out and looked like he hadn't bathed in 24 hours at Raw. And I uh, really he liked like weirdly out of shape too. I was like, how did he yeah. shake that quick? <laughs> yeah, he did. He he actually did maybe he ate a lot that day. Yeah. Um so he came out, Rey Mysterio, right before the match, uh, or a couple segments before the match. He congratulated him for uh, being a new father. 
and Seth no sold it. I do love that they they have mentioned Seth and they do mention that Shayna even mentioned Seth. Yeah. <laughs> and she was too green. Oh she, my god, the green moment of the year. <laughs> Shayna Baszler. Have you seen Did the you dad? Who, have you seen <laughs> the dad? <laughs> oh my god, well, who gets knocked up during a world title reign? Like idiots do. I'm like, you know what? Fair because Shayna will never. I mean, you know what? Never say never. Uh, so weird. Uh, but Seth he had a uh, tag match with Seth and Mur- Murphy versus the dead superstars of Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio. Uh, ended in a weird no contest, but I understood with what happened next. Uh, he basically tried to attempt to murder Rey Mysterio by putting his eye into the uh, the steel the steel steps. I call him and known his. Paul Heyman's a sick fuck, man. He's just he's, a- he's yes. Yes, but he has to be honest with you. It's the meme that will never stop giving because I am going to use that. <laughs> watching it, watching AEW match. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watching Sean Spears wrestle. Like, uh, like, oh my God. So, um, where, where are we going with this? Seth Rollins seems to be, he, it's, it seems to me that he's spiraling to a point where he's going to, like Edge did, uh, do something or, or go like remember when Edge? I love Maybe to bring this. Start. Go ahead. Oh remember yeah, yeah. When Edge was like the I, talk about. the I understand era when he was facing yes, the Undertaker, and after that uh, match, he went away for a while. After the Hell in the Cell, he went away for a while. I yeah. think I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing the same thing with with, with Seth here. We're beginning to write him off of television. Yes, broken Seth. I think is is what we're beginning to see here. I just don't know. Let Matt Hardy hear that. Trust me. (laughs) You already think they copied enough from him. I just don't know who it's gonna be. I think that it might be Alistair, right? That seems like to to be the most logical explanation or or person to take Seth out. Listen, either Alistair or at this point, Killer Cross's entrance. So one of them. Like, uh, did you fuck with that? Yeah, I did. I thought you know a little. uh, Yeah, a little too. Yeah, a little too theatrical for uh, full sale. It's still pretty good. <laughs> they, went, they went extra hard on that. I was like, damn. You know why? It, especially, and I'll say this because it also relates to Seth. Killer Cross has great music. Seth's new music? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't think not, he'll be I long. Know. I don't think he'll be long. He'll be here long enough for that music to hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, they need a new music guy because the CFOs is really like it spoiled us with well, awesome. Well, it's, it's not them. Remember they they got let go a long time ago. I know, I know, but they they spoil us with such good shit. You know what I'm saying? And now yeah. we're listening to like generic ass themes. Like I thought Bailey was coming out when Seth came out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like Bailey back again. Damn. Jeez, why does Bailey? Have, why does Bailey have the Gregorian uh, opera chant <laughs> in, her, in her shit though? I was like, we can't, slander, we, can't slander her. we can't slander her. We can't slander her. No, no, no. She just, you know, the the, <laughs> the, the ink on the jersey hasn't. It's not her, yeah. the, the the stitching has just got pleated. Like, <laughs> yeah. But it, it is a weird theme. I, I I do like the look. I I think that again, like you say what you will about this guy, like has gone all out for this teal turn in just what six months it's been since he turned yeah. I, he's gone for it really joy even him like telling murphy to get away and his like his weird snap where he's just like 
I don't know what happened out there was really good. Like I really liked the delivery of that with Alistair like being pissed. And, and I think that like, if we get Alistair and, and Seth by backlash and Seth gives us another performance that he did with, with Drew McIntyre to write him off. I think that that's, you know, that's a cool way to, to go about it. Um, Oh, I forgot to mention AJ before we, before we get off, uh, get off here. AJ seems to be going against Taker again, right? No. Yeah. He's still fixated with Taker. So I can only imagine that Taker is somewhere. In the so they, they want a regular match too? Get out of regular here. Regular ass match, baby. Regular ass match. <laughs> Get out of here with this, man. And I can completely see this being extreme rules too. Oh, yeah. Regular ass match, man. I don't think, he, to be honest with you, I don't think Taker can still have a good regular ass match. So um, it's got to be extreme rules. Neither... Uh, Neither maybe AJ at this point. AJ has lost considerable a considerable spring in his step. As good as he is, he is not the same AJ as when he came in. And that's no slight on him. That's just the WWE schedule beating his ass. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a, you know, it remains to be seen. But I like where it's going. I like where it's going. I like that he's still not done because if he's done, it just says like you're a one and done guy. Now he's yeah. like now. Now I need more. I want more. So that's what I'm happy with. We should probably wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that is the the end of the show for this week. That is uh, it for this really crazy week in the world of pro wrestling. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, next week, I'm guessing we'll have a lot more. Who knows what is going to happen next week, but I'm sure we'll have a lot more insight onto uh, what's going to happen on SmackDown uh, with the IC title. We have the mm-hmm. brand uh, the brand invitational. So next week we'll be talking about uh Drew, Drew McIntyre and Corbin. Oh my god. So we'll we'll get to that as well as everything else in this crazy, crazy world of pro wrestling. Uh thank you guys for listening. As always, you can follow us at RNC Radio Live for all the latest and greatest in all of the things that we're doing. Uh follow me at OG Johnny5 and Meals at Meals TV. And until next time, Meals, you still don't have a no a new thing. Um 80 yards? That's kind of... No, I'm like that. I don't like that. All right. Well, you know what? We still workshop it. All right. Well, till next time. See you later.